Congratulations to Paul Swan, host of The Drive, for capturing the prestigious 2024 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Excellence in Broadcasting Award for Best Talk Show. Tune in to Paul during your drive home weekdays at 5.06 p.m. on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, February 6th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's edition of The Drive. we got a lot to get into. There's a Marshall women's basketball game coming up tomorrow at the Cam Henderson Center. We're going to hear more from Kim Caldwell about that matchup. Also, the men on the road tomorrow, they are taking on Troy. Must-win situation for Dan D'Antoni's squad. I think the rest of them are all must-win situations, at least if you're trying to compete for the conference regular season championship. As you know by now, Dan D'Antoni would love to win that, but he always points to the conference tournament as the ultimate prize for the Marshall basketball team, so that's still available right now. There's nothing standing in Marshall's way except Marshall. If you listen closely to Dan D'Antoni and some of the players in the way they've been attacking the last few weeks of the season. So, of course, we want to get your thoughts on everything that happens. And you can join us on our text line this hour. It's 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. That, the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We had some good stuff coming off the text line yesterday. It was really good. So I appreciate that, and hopefully we can do more of that with you. We had some interesting questions. I'm trying to find some information on a couple of those questions. I know I'm trying to still track down sort of what top 10 crowds look like all time at the Cam Henderson Center when it comes to women's basketball I think you're going to know that stuff more now that we're in a a situation where women's basketball has actually been prioritized more at Marshall. It's not just a, okay, we have to have this sport. We're going to, we're going to do what we need to do to have women's basketball. But at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't treated like men's basketball. It wasn't treated like men's sports. More importantly, it wasn't treated like football. And so I will say this. I think there's a new energy as far as all of these sports are concerned. You're seeing more and more, let's call it attention. Let's call it that. Let's call what it is. The administration is paying attention to more of the sports. And you're seeing that in facility upgrades and you're seeing that in promotions and everything that comes and goes with a basketball team you're seeing equal representation with the men and women so i'm pretty excited for what's coming up with softball we got softball and baseball seasons as well so should be a fun one but we'll get into the basketball games coming up tomorrow it will be marshall in action on the road the men they have got to deal with troy and that's an important game for the thundering herd 
as we alluded to. Dan D'Antoni earlier in his presser, when I had a chance to catch up with him, talked about how that game is important, and he really qualified why that game was important. It wasn't one of those situations where it's, just, it's a must-win. We didn't put any of that language on it. Instead, it's one of these situations where if the team wants to compete for and win the regular season championship, they got to win this one. Well, this is really important in that if you want to win the regular season, we got to win this game. So it's a very important game that for us to go out there and make sure we, we bring it. Now, whether we will or isn't, the, you know, the big prize is always at the end in the tournament. But if they want the regular season title, they've got to come and take this one from Troy there. They're a good ball club. They make threes. All They got four shooters at threes, and they beat you with threes and hustle. It is they play hard and they get after you. So, you know, we have to make sure we cover, close up on the three-point shots and uh, that the 50-50 balls and the rebounds that we're back here battling and, and we get our share or more than our share, hopefully. That's Dan D'Antoni looking ahead to tomorrow's game. We've got it for you. 7 o'clock is going to be tip time. Airtime, 6 o'clock, right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and on 93.7 The Dog. Looking forward to having you with us tomorrow as we get you set for Herd Basketball. With the Herd having only one game this week, this is going to be an important week for Marshall. You want to win, and then you're going to have some time to actually work on yourself. Same with the women. And we'll hear more from Kim Caldwell about that later. The herd on the road on the men's side. The women's side is going to be fun tomorrow. How many of you are planning on going to that? It's education day. And I know a lot of you can't just take off in the middle of the day or even in the early hours of the morning to go watch women's basketball. But it's education day. There's going to have 2,000 screaming, loud kids And they're going to be told, you can scream as loud as you want to. And kids love to scream. And it's going to be loud, and it's going to be full of energy. And it's going to be fun. I think by now, with a lot of these educational days happening, teams are going to be used to this. So it's not going to be for the first time. I mean, there might be players that have never been in a game like this. And at this point, I don't know how many players, or at least this season, haven't been through something like this. But it's going to be a crazy time tomorrow at the Henderson Center. So I'm looking forward to it. And, of course, you know, we've got football news to talk about tomorrow as well. So we've got a lot to get into on tomorrow. And it all starts with women's basketball. And are you planning on going to that, seeing the women sort of take, a, take an early lunch, go see the herd, maybe try to catch a little bit of the first half at least? I know that's what some of these kids will go through. They'll – see first half game and they might leave somewhere in the third or fourth but they'll get to see a lot of that game it's going to be a interesting interesting experience tomorrow if you've never been through one of those and you're going to the game it's going to be loud and I think it's going to be a herd victory it's going to be fun they need a bounce back win and we'll hear more from Kim Caldwell coming up on the show. Also, we're going to get into some news that came out yesterday. We went off the air and this came out. The National Labor Relations Board, regional director in Boston, granted Dartmouth, the men's basketball team, 
the right to unionize, recognizing them as employees. So here we go. We're getting to that point now in college athletics where the whole idea of college athletics is that these are student athletes. They're students. They're coming to school to get an education. And the way that they're going to get that education, and a lot of those players are on scholarship. So they're getting their education paid for. And in return, they're playing a sport that they love. And it's for our entertainment, obviously. That's what we're in. We're making money. But it's for our entertainment. We're going to give you an athletic scholarship. You come, you play football here, you come play basketball here, and you get an education. And the value of that, depending on where you're at, greatly differs. You could be at Dartmouth. What's an education at Dartmouth cost? And, and of course, I know this is completely different. This is not like you know, you're getting you know, a full ride at Dartmouth, but you're getting the opportunity to go to Dartmouth and you get to play sports there. Now you're unionizing. If you can see this in the future, this means that we're going to have to have more control because we can't have college athletics with hundreds of different union labor boards, can we? So I'm interested in having the discussion about this. Where do we go now? What does this mean for college athletics? What does this mean for Marshall? Put it in those terms. What's this mean for Marshall where if these student athletes are ever deemed able to unionize, if student athletes are recognized as employees, all of a sudden you look down and you see that Abby Beeman is now a state employee. She's an employee of the state of West Virginia, Marshall University. Nate Martin, all of a sudden, he's an employee. So he is entitled to benefits, right? You're an employee. Obviously, you'd be a full-time employee. You can't tell me you're not a a part-time employee. You're a full-time employee. And what does that mean? And how long will this stand until it's challenged? And what are the legal implications for a case like this where student-athletes are deemed as employees and they have the right to unionize and to ask for certain things in return for them playing? How would that work? How is that going to impact not only – Dartmouth, this stands, but college athletics, because now if all the teams are recognized as employees and they have the right to unionize and then form player associations, how expensive is this going to get? How expensive will this be for a school like Marshall? If you're Alabama, you can afford this, right? If you're Alabama, hey, sure. We want to do it this way. We'll just direct pay these kids, and we'll have all of this stuff as part of their employment package. They're no longer student-athletes. They're here to play college athletics. Part of the package is they get an education while they're here. That's just part of the package But at the same time. 
You know, what else are they going to ask for? What are they going to get? You know, what will be the new normal for college basketball, college football, college athletics completely? So we'll look at this. I want to get your thoughts on it, and I'm going to take those. We'll do it now. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our text line this hour to be a part of today's show. We'll hear from Coach Kim Caldwell later on the show as well as we look ahead to Marshall. The Thundering Herd women are home. It's Education Day. They're taking on Louisiana. It's going to be loud at the Henderson Center. And we'll talk more about that And we'll get your thoughts when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So college athletics, the landscape might be changing again as the National Labor Relations Board Regional Director in Boston giving Dartmouth men's basketball team the right to unionize. And they're now recognized as employees. And I'm sure there will be a lengthy appeals process. But... A union election among Dartmouth players could occur while legal proceedings continue. And they're a private school. So they're a private school. It could come up that there might be a difference between public schools and private schools. There's going to be so many angles to this. And so now they have the opportunity until it's either upheld or overturned to unionize. And this could set the stage for other college athletics. Basketball team at Marshall, use them as an example. They could unionize all of a sudden. And so are we going to see different types of collective bargaining agreements here? Is every league going to have something that's standard? Will every team have to go through something different? And how is that going to standardize college athletics? Money aside, you want to have a level playing field, do you not? And so if students are now deemed as employees – They're going to have all the rights and benefits that come to a student. That's an employee at university, right? I mean, what will the level of benefit be? Would they be considered? How would they be considered? And again, Dartmouth is private, but how would a public university, how would those students be characterized? Would they get the same benefits as tenured professors would they get the same benefits as standard employees at the university what would they get on top of being able to collectively bargain get together form a union and can you imagine college athletics you have at least one union per think about this one union per team so the men's team and the women's team could have different unions. There might be a different union for each. The smart thing to do would be to have one collective union. 
But the women could bargain for, hey, we want this. And then the men could say, well, if we don't get this, we want this as well. Sort of an escalation. It's going to be crazy. From our text line, Texter wants to know how being a school employee is going to affect NIL and will they be entitled to money outside when it's offered by the university? That's a sticky subject because right now, I mean, if they're employees, if they're employees, will they have to sign something that says, okay, if you're an employee of the university, then you cannot receive outside gifts or monies. And then, of course, that's probably where the players union just jumps in and says, wait a minute, you can't do that. If you want us to play, we're going to have to have this, 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 and this. And you can't touch this as well. So now we're going to have to see universities, if this holds and goes through and this changes the landscape of college athletics, we're going to have to see universities you know, negotiate with the organizations that represent their players. And then will there have to be a, a, an agreement in place so it doesn't change every year? You know, We're going to have to have a, a CBA in place that goes until a certain amount of time and then – all of a sudden, got to renegotiate. It's different with leagues. If leagues do it, all the players are under the same umbrella. Could you imagine the NCAA being the outlet? You have to negotiate with the NCAA if there's a college basketball players association. And that would cover men and women, right? You'd have to. Remember the uproar that the NCAA found itself in when the men and women were being treated differently as far as facilities and all the amenities? That caused a a huge uproar. Imagine if you're doing something with the men and that's not being reciprocated with the women. How would Title IX, though, work into that as well? You'd have to honor and respect that, right? So obviously... You know, whatever the men get, the women would get. They'd have to. I can't fathom how this is going to be paid for, though, if this really goes to what I think is going to be the ultimate conclusion. And that is we're going to have students no longer be recognized as student athletes. They're going to be employees of a university. And so that means if they're employees of a university, do they have have a salary? Is there going to be a set salary? Is there going to be a salary cap? Yeah, that's always going to be that's always going to be good. Can we have a salary cap here? And of course, I would think that if there's name, image, and likeness deals, that's going to be treated differently than being an employee. That's outside income. That's opportunities. Because again, the whole point of name, image, and likeness is I have the opportunity now to capitalize and to benefit off of the name, image, and likeness that I have. My name, my image, my likeness, I'm able to profit from that. And I don't imagine student-athlete signing that away. I can't imagine any point that that is something that will be given up. And I don't think you can. I mean, you could say, look, I'll sign this agreement. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up my name, image, and likeness. You have to, if I'm at that point where there's a real value, a monetary value 
based on my name, image, and likeness, if I'm I'm the star quarterback at Marshall University, I'm going to take part of my name, image, and likeness. I'm going to profit as much as I possibly can. Do we have agents come in here now as well? Are we going to have a, a, a labor board, a union board? What are we going to have here? That opens up a lot of questions here. And, th- of course, we're all starting off with Dartmouth. They have the right to unionize. So they're now recognized as employees. So, you know, we can start small. Hey, Coach, we don't like this practice time. Could you imagine? Here's the deal. They could determine that, look, we don't like this practice time. We're employees, but we're still here to get an education. So practice time doesn't work for us. We need to have more time for this, or we don't like that time. This is when we want to practice. This is how we want to go about it. This is how we want to travel. We don't want to bus places. And, of course, Let's be realistic to a degree here. You don't have to come to, say, Marshall University and play. You don't have to. If you don't like you don't like the package here, you don't like the deal here, you can say, look, no. Yeah, I want to go to Alabama where we, we travel better. But for the students that are here now, they could be setting the precedent for the future of each athletic department. And it could get to the point where we're going to standardize this. Maybe someone figures out a way to have one unifying body that represents all of the student-athletes in college athletics, or at least you could have an organization that represents college basketball. You could have a representation for football you could have all of this representation here to try to keep this standardized and keep it where you don't have at least one two or three different governing bodies or groups of of athletes per team per school could you imagine how maddening that would be if you had a a union for men's basketball women's basketball football Softball, baseball, volleyball, track and field, tennis, list goes on and on. Each with different demands and then, of course, not meeting those demands. Well, why are we taking the bus when the basketball team charters? Why do we have to take the bus? Why aren't we being chartered? And I can... Imagine it's going to become difficult to rein all this in. And, of course, it could be struck down as well. Keep that in mind here. This hasn't gotten to the ultimate conclusion. And, of course, are you going to be able to say, look, basketball gets to do this. We want that as well, or we're not going to participate. And how does that work? And if K. Your state employee, can you say, well, all state employees are equal? How, how, how will this be as far as equity is concerned? I'm, these are things I'm curious about. And I'm absolutely, 
I'm not sure if this is good or bad. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from student-athletes. I thought name, image, and likeness was a good thing, but now how it's being implemented. Because now it's become not the student-athlete being able to take advantage of being the student-athlete that plays on the team, that go out, earn money, Instead, it's become here. We're going to give you this amount of money for you to bring your talents to our school. I don't think that was the ultimate intention here. This was the ability for a kid that barely has a couple of bucks in his pocket to be able to earn some money while being a student athlete and not living with a buck 95. Let's be honest. It's not going to get you food at Taco Bell anytime soon here. You could get pull a couple of dollars out, you get what? You might get a cinnamon crisp, cinnamon twist. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. we got women's basketball to get into. We'll hear from Kim Caldwell when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Tuesday, February 6th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Our text line is open. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll hear from Kim Caldwell in a few minutes. But first, we've got breaking news. This just came. We've talked about streaming on this show a lot as far as the future. Well, today, ESPN, Fox Corporation, and Warner Brothers Discovery, which is a triumvirate of platforms and rights holders, they've come out today to say that they're going to launch, it's going to be yet to be named, but a new service in the fall. Each company will own one-third of the service. It will give consumers access to sporting events, including NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball games. So in the past, if I wanted to watch hockey, for example, I could get the NHL Center Ice Package. I can get ESPN Plus now. Major League Baseball, you'd have to get a different subscription as well. You know, Apple TV, they've got the Major League Soccer Package. But now ESPN Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery coming together to create a new service. That's huge. It's going to be a super service. and I don't know how much this is going to cost. There's nothing yet in a price structure or what everything will be. Now, what kind of content will you be? Will this be... I can imagine it not being just $9.99 a month. This might cost a lot more. But this might be... If you have a cable subscription, you have a cable package because you want to watch certain sports and you have to have cable. Now this could be your outlet. All of a sudden, you could cut cable technically if you're someone who keeps cable just for the opportunity to have sporting events. You don't watch all of the dramas. You don't watch 
any of the other content. You just come home, you watch sports. You want to watch sports on ESPN. If you didn't have to have cable to have ESPN, you drop cable tomorrow. Well, guess what? This might be it. This might be where we're at. This could be the service that we've been looking for. And it could cost you, if you drop cable and you're only paying for this, it might be a deal for you. But I can't imagine this being cheap. I don't think it's going to price itself out of the market, but can you imagine what would you pay? If you had a sports service, which is going to be happening, that had ESPN, Fox Corporation, and Warner Brothers Discovery, and it's going to have sporting events, including the NFL, NBA, and MLB games. If you had this service, how much would you pay? Now, will it have all the NFL games? Probably not. But you'd have close to all the games, right? What would the restrictions be? If, hey, if I subscribe to this service, then do I do I get just do I get any NFL game I want that's on? What do I get? Do I get any NBA game that I want? Is it like the NBA package now that I can subscribe to on DirecTV? Is it like the Center Ice package which I can subscribe to? Do I get all the baseball games? No more blackouts? What what do I get with this? So I'm going to need to hear more. Obviously, you are as well before you decide to open up your wallet and put down money for this. But we're seeing more and more traditional outlets either losing content or this is going to be a supplement. I can't imagine just yet we're going to lose ESPN on our cable and satellite packages. And call me a traditionalist, but I like having one box with everything that I want. I don't have to go to this streaming service. I don't have to go to this streaming service. I don't have to load this app up. I can have it all right here. Here it is. Hey, I want to watch hockey tonight. Okay, I'm going to go down to this channel. There it is. I can watch hockey. Okay, hey, I want to watch the NBA game. Lakers are taking on the Knicks. Okay, cool. Hey, it's on this channel. Boom, here I am. I like the traditional nature of cable and satellite, the convenience of it. One bill has everything I want, but now what if I want to just have one service that has more of what I want, and I don't have to go through the extra hoops to get it because I have to take on this package and this package as well because of bundling. Is this going to be friendly for the consumer? Or is this going to be maybe the start of the full decline of cable and satellite and streaming is where it's going to be? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I promise Kim Caldwell we're going to talk about the game coming up tomorrow. 11 a.m., the Herd in Action Education Day taking on Louisiana. We'll hear from Kim Caldwell when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255, the number to be a part of today's edition of the show on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930, and that's our text line. 
Texter wants to know from me, what is your Super Bowl prediction? Appreciate that text. I'm not rooting for the 49ers. I'm not doing it. I don't like the 49ers. I've never liked the 49ers. I can't stand the 49ers. Like Joe Montana. Now, I like Montana. I think he's an absolute all-time great. Steve Young, I like Steve Young. I don't have problems with individuals on the 49ers team as a collective unit. I don't like the 49ers. I don't like anything about the 49ers. I hate the 49ers probably more than I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate the 49ers more than I hate the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, I don't know if I hate anything more than I hate the Cleveland Browns, but that's just a different story altogether. I don't like the 49ers. So I'm taking Kansas City. One time, one time, it's a temporary alliance here. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I like Travis Kelsey. I like the Kelsey brothers. I have no problem with this Taylor Swift infatuation, this love affair. Roger Goodell loves it. It's bringing more attention to the league. He talked about that. He's got no problem with it. She just won album of the year for the fourth time. People love Taylor Swift. The Swifties, I got no problem with the Swifties. We're cool, Swifties. We're cool. My favorite Swiftie is Luke Creasy from the Herald Dispatch. He's my favorite Swiftie. I don't want him mad at me either. I don't even know if he's taking the Chiefs because of the Swiftie thing, but I know a lot of people are against Kansas City because of Taylor Swift. I, on the other hand, I'm here for it. Good for her. Good for him. I can't root for the 49ers. I'm taking the Chiefs. Now, that might have just put the nail in the coffin for the Chiefs, but I'm taking the Chiefs. They're going to win the Super Bowl again, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the conversations a little too soon, but for being one of the greatest of all time, still a little too soon for that. So that's my answer. Now, if you're looking for a score, I can't give you that. Might be might be a low-scoring game. I don't see it being a blowout. Marshall tomorrow in action, taking on Louisiana women's basketball. 11 a.m. is going to be Education Day. Kim Caldwell will be on hand with her thundering herd. There will be a lot of screaming children. 2,000, give or take. Education Day, always fun because it gives all of these kids an opportunity to see women's basketball, and they'll get into it. It will be a fun atmosphere for Marshall basketball. Kim loves it. Talking to her about it yesterday, she loves it. Oh, they're great. They're great. I mean, everyone always talks about how much Education Day means to the kids, but I honestly think it probably means more to our student-athletes um, than anyone because they're loud, they're engaged, they're rowdy, and, and they scream at for – 40 minutes at a, at a pitch that is incredible, and so it just kind of really amplifies the atmosphere for us. Yeah. If you've never been to one of these things, you can only imagine until you're in there. They're loud. And the Henderson Center with the acoustics sometimes, oh, that's going to echo. That's going to echo all over the place. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. And with the energy of that crowd, They're all going to be behind the Thundering Herd. They're coming in. They're ringers. They're coming in. They're going to be cheering loud for the Thundering Herd. Is that good to have that kind of crowd, that kind of energy? You know you're going to have it coming off a loss. 
Absolutely. And anytime you can kind of have a shakeup um, when things get so routine and so monotonous in basketball season, late January, early February are kind of the dog days of basketball season. It's the same thing over and over and over. And so you try to shake things up a little bit, and that's just an automatic different game time, earlier shoot around, um, bigger crowd. So it, I think it will be a nice little break for us. And how's Coach Caldwell and her team adjusting to having a game at 11 a.m.? Well, I sat here, what, for a whole semester and complained about our 8 a.m. practice time. So, I mean, we, we should be used to getting up early in the morning and, and doing those things. And I think on game day, the energy is a little bit different. Um, so once they're up and out of bed, you give them about 30 minutes to wake up, we should be okay. At Georgia State, it took us about a quarter to wake up. Um, so we'll see. Early alarm for college kids. You're not getting college kids up unless they absolutely have to. So you've got the game on Wednesday. Then you have the Saturday game slot off. You don't have a game. So how are you working the schedule this week? Are you changing things up? That was kind of the question that was directed towards Coach Caldwell. She said the team's keeping the same schedule. We're going to keep our same schedule, and we're going to really use this as an opportunity to get better. Um, we're going we're gonna to be in the gym, we're going to be working, we're going to be taking strides to get better individually and to get better as a team. And I think it's an advantage for us, especially now. We, we really need to get, get better at some things. So we just got to make it through Wednesday, and Wednesday is going to be tough because they're playing very, very well. They just beat a very good ULM team at ULM. So they're playing, they're playing great. So we got we to gotta squeak through that one and then really use those days to get better. Kim Caldwell. Game tomorrow, 11 a.m., going to be a loud one. Hope you're ready. If you're going, hope it's hope it's everything you you could expect and then some because those kids are going to be all into it. First time I actually decided, okay, I'm going to go to one of these. It was nonstop. you got to love that atmosphere. Just have all your games at 11 a.m. Have it every game. Every game's education game. Bring the kids in. Do at least once once a week, maybe. I don't know. Once a month. Have an education game. Bring them in. Pick your toughest opponent on the schedule. Then say, okay, this is our education game. 11 a.m. James Madison, bring them in next time during education day. Bring those kids in. Bus them in from all over the place. Give them an opportunity to see women's basketball. Maybe they'll become fans, want to come back on their own, but they'll have a free pass to scream, holler, They'll put students that go to Marshall to shame. I don't think you can outdo. When it comes to kids, you can't outdo them. They're just built loud. I would love to see that energy translate into more. I, I don't expect I don't expect every game to be just loud, high pitch screaming. But I will say it was good to see the the students at the game on Wednesday last week because of the energy that they brought. Now, of course, they were competing also for for Greek points. There was a point attached to it. They were participating for their fraternities, their sororities. So there was Greek life going on. But still, I like they're doing more and having special events and new reasons to bring people out, especially for the women. I'd like to see some of that. Could you imagine a men's game at 11 a.m. for Education Day? Could you imagine that? Would that fly? 
I know with the women, that's something that happens traditionally, so it's already kind of baked in. I don't know if you could bake that into what the men's schedule looks like. I'd be okay with a men's game at 11 a.m. Let's do one, have an education day for the men, bring all those kids in, let them scream, holler, have a good time at the Henderson Center. Maybe they'll have fun, and next thing you know, they'll come back. Hey, Mom, hey, Dad, that was fun. I'd like to come back. I'd want to see the herd again. I'm a Herd fan now. Go Nate Martin. He's my favorite player. Obina and Achille Killen. He's my favorite player. Can we stay after the game? I'd like to get his autograph. You know, build fans that way. Just the fact that those kids are going to be there tomorrow is going to be a win for Marshall because these kids, some of them might turn into fans Some of them might decide, hey, that's fun. I might want to do that. That was fun. That looked like fun. I wish I could do that. Maybe I could do that. And that's kind of the whole point here. You're exposing these kids to this. And also, you are exposing eardrums to the loudest pitch possible. I don't know where they're sitting tomorrow. I hope they're putting them right behind Louisiana. I hope they're putting them right over there as far as away they can from the Marshall bench, but as close as they possibly can to the Louisiana bench. I know you probably can't put them directly behind them. Maybe you can. That's going to be interesting. Now, of course, you got season tickets and you have other seats you got to fill first, but wherever they're putting them, I hope it, it's loud. Maybe you put them next to the band. I don't know. Maybe you put them on the other end zone. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll hope to see some of you tomorrow at 11 a.m. over there. Uh, we got a busy day tomorrow. That'll start with Marshall women's basketball. It'll end tomorrow evening with Marshall men's basketball. We'll do all of that tomorrow with you. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, you want to go back and catch up on something anytime, you can download our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just wherever you get your podcast, you can get the show. I appreciate you also following me on social media. I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Paul Swan. And, of course, I'll be back here with you tomorrow, and we'll do it the old-fashioned way with our text line. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. Transmitting in Glorious FM on 94.1 W227BS Huntington. This is 930 WRVC Huntington, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting.